All right, we're going to get started. It's a joy to see you all here this evening uh, to worship the Lord around His Word and in prayer. And you know what? Before we get started, let's just ask the Lord to bless our time together. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for uh, the great privilege it is tonight to be called your children. We thank you that tonight we do not stand uh, before you uh, in our own works, but we stand before you clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, the pure and perfect righteousness of your only begotten Son, in whom there is no iniquity, spotless, blameless, pure, and undefiled. We are seen like that before you tonight, and we rejoice in that good news that tonight We are not only saved by grace, but we stand in grace. And it is on the basis of that grace that is ours in Christ Jesus that we come boldly before you this evening and ask you as our God to bless us as we seek you in your word and in prayer. Father, you have told us that we ought to seek your face. And so, Father, we seek to do that this evening. Give us grace, give us strength, give us mercy uh, to pay attention to what you have to teach us tonight from your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tonight we're going to be continuing our study of principles on prayer from the life of Jesus in the gospel of Luke. And last week we finished uh, section one of our six-part study, which was principles on prayer from the arrival of Jesus. Uh, There we learned through the account of Zechariah and Elizabeth, as well as through Simeon and Anna, that God hears every prayer, he remembers every prayer, and he answers every one of the prayers of his people according to his perfect will and wisdom. That is fantastic when you think about it, that every single prayer we ever make in our entire lifetime will never fall to the ground unheeded. God hears and he remembers every single one of them and he uses each one of them to bring about his sovereign purposes in this world. Well, tonight we move on to section two of our study, which is principles on prayer from the lifestyle of Jesus. Uh, We'll spend only one night in this section and and, uh, that's because this is quite different of a message than the rest of them will be. Most of our lessons on prayer from the Gospel of Luke uh, will be grounded in one particular passage uh, from which a unique principle of prayer will be uh, taken. However, tonight we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, We're going to look at various passages found throughout Luke, chapter 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, that while their main point may not be about prayer, Uh, When put together, they nevertheless paint a powerful image of how important prayer is to be in the life of a believer. And so that's what we're going to be learning about this evening. From the lifestyle of Jesus, we're going to learn that prayer is a necessary discipline. Prayer is a necessary discipline. You know, for any believer to grow and to deepen in their relationship with God, it takes spiritual self Discipline. Yes, God has redeemed us. He has given us new hearts 
new minds filled with new desires, but we are still incarcerated in this sinful flesh that frankly would rather do a lot of other things other than the most spiritual discipline of prayer. And so prayer in our own lives, I think you would acknowledge, is very difficult. It's not just me, right? It's hard. It is hard. It takes spiritual self-discipline to pray and grow and deepen our relationship with God. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I discipline my body and I keep it under control. He tells us in 1 Timothy 4, 7, we've got to train ourselves towards godliness. He says in Philippians 2, 12 through 13, that since God is working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure, we ought to therefore work. We ought to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Spiritual progress in the Christian life takes work. It takes effort. It takes energy. It takes discipline. And we'll be looking at one of uh, we'll be looking at several of those spiritual disciplines this Sunday, but one of the spiritual disciplines that we are to have in our lives is in the area of prayer. Prayer can be and is often hard and difficult for various reasons. Uh, whether it be because of our weak flesh, right? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Or whether it be our weak faith. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Prayer can be so hard that Paul said in Colossians 4 verse 12 that Epaphras struggled on behalf of the Colossians in his prayers. Prayer is a struggle. But it is nevertheless a necessary discipline in our Christian lives if we seek to grow and deepen in our relationship with God. And we'll see that tonight from the lifestyle of Jesus. Even Jesus needed the necessary discipline of prayer. And that's what I want to show you tonight from Luke chapter 3 on to chapter 9. As we look at Jesus' lifestyle from the first two years of his public ministry, you'll see that Jesus had a lifestyle both of perpetual prayer and of punctuated prayer. So I want to encourage you to join me on a quick Bible study tonight. As we look through these chapters, I want to show you from three passages tonight. First, that Jesus first had a lifestyle of perpetual prayer. A lifestyle of perpetual prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says this, Pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray at all times in the Spirit. And Philippians 4.6 says, In everything pray. In other words... Scripture teaches us in those passages that we ought to have a, this is the way I would put it, a running conversation with God throughout the day. That's how we ought to live our lives. Sure, of course, it's a conversation that's often interrupted by the events that happen in our life, but nevertheless, prayer ought to be such a spiritual discipline for a believer that it becomes as natural for our soul as breathing is for our body. That's what Scripture teaches. Scripture encourages us to get to the point where if someone tapped us on the shoulder as we're making supper, or as we're mowing our lawn, or heading out to our car, and if they were to tap us on our shoulder immediately and ask us what we were doing, we could say that in all those quiet moments, while I'm talking with God, we ought to be living a life of perpetual prayer. And we see in three examples, we see this in three examples from the Gospel of Luke, where Jesus was caught praying all the time. It was literally the cushion around which his activities resided. The first example is from Jesus' baptism that I want you to see today from Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 22. 
So Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 22. At this point in Luke chapter 3, we are way beyond uh, where we were last week with Simeon and Anna. By this point, Jesus is about 30 years old, as Luke 3.23 points out. And Luke 3.21 through 22 says this. Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Now notice how Luke just slips in a phrase there. That's unique only to his gospel, by the way. It says, when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying. That detail is unique to Luke. But Luke records it here because he wants to show us a lesson of prayer from the lifestyle of Jesus. Even while Jesus was being baptized, okay, so picture it, as he was being immersed beneath the water and brought out of it, Jesus spent that quiet snapshot of a moment in focused communion with his Father. That is awesome when you think about it. Some of us, when we get a quiet moment, we're pulling up Facebook, or we're grabbing a remote, or we're sending out a text to someone else, sometimes without even thinking about it. It's just natural. It's what we do. That's the rut our minds slip into. Well, Jesus' mind in quiet moments would slip into prayer. That's how often he did it. That's how disciplined he was in prayer. He had a life of perpetual prayer. And you see a, a, a brief picture of that in his baptism. If you turn next to uh, Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, verse 42. Luke 4.42. Now here in Luke chapter 4, again, some context. Jesus has been pulling an all-nighter after healing Peter's uh, mother-in-law of her fever. We see in verses 38 through 41 of Luke chapter 4 that Jesus stays up all night long delivering the sick and the demon possessed by the sheer power of his word. He demonstrates remarkable power in essence, both physically that he could keep on doing that and spiritually that he could perform those miracles. Well, in verse 42, Jesus gets a break. He gets a chance to escape and he takes it. Verse 42 says that when it was day, he departed and went to a desolate place. Jesus goes off to have some quiet time all to his own after an intense period of ministry. So what does he do to fill that quiet time? What did he do in that desolate place? Luke 5.16, if you turn just one page over, it might be even on the same page. Luke 5.16 tells us, but he would withdraw to desolate places and do what? Pray. Pray. This is very significant. We learn earlier in Luke 4 that wherever Jesus went and whatever Jesus did, he always ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus began his entire ministry telling the synagogue, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, right, to do all of these different things. Jesus ministered being filled with the Spirit in complete surrender to him. When Jesus ministered, you could say this, the Holy Spirit had all of Christ. So ask yourself, how did Jesus, as a man, surrender every area of his life continually to the Spirit's leading? What lesson are we to learn here? Answer, Jesus was able to do that the same way we are, through 
prayer. Prayer is what aligns the will of man into conformity with the will of God. Jesus desired to minister as a man in submission to the Father's will by the power of the Holy Spirit. So what did Jesus do? He prayed. Do you want to minister according to the, according to the will of God by the, power of his, by the power of the Holy Spirit? Then what ought you to do? You ought to pray. We need to learn from Jesus' example. We must learn to cushion all the events of our day in prayer, in an ongoing conversation with God. It takes hard work, yes, but train yourself for godliness. Jesus had a lifestyle of perpetual prayer. We must work on cultivating one as well. Jesus, second, had a lifestyle of punctuated prayer. Jesus not only had a lifestyle of perpetual prayer, he had a lifestyle of punctuated prayer. Uh, And this is important because contrary to some belief, you really can't have one without the other. Um, It's true, Jesus' life did have a spirit of prayer about it. And yet we learn in Luke that this spirit of prayer that surrounded Jesus was actually just a diffusion of his regular practice and discipline in focused, passionate prayer. Jesus had a spirit of prayer because Jesus had a practice of prayer. He had a practice of prayer. And we see that in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus' lifestyle of perpetual prayer was often punctuated by unique, intense seasons of prayer in his life as well. For example, turn... Uh, One more page over to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. In uh, Luke 6, 12, Jesus is about to make a very important decision. He's about to pick his 12 disciples, his 12 apostles who would be his special students over the next three years, who would be responsible to carry on and to pass on his heavenly ministry after he was gone. That's pretty important. And so what do you see Jesus do in the verse just before it describes Jesus picking his disciples? We read this in Luke 6, verse 12. In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. Let's be honest, that's pretty intense, right? When dusk came, rather than just staying where he was, Jesus hikes up to a nearby mountain at night. And rather than Jesus just praying for 15 minutes, 30, or even an hour before he goes to get bed, Jesus prays all night long. You have to ask why. Why would Jesus pray with such intensity? I think the answer you have to come to is that Jesus experienced two emotions to a far greater degree than we often do. First, Jesus was burdened for the glory of God in his ministry and in his life. And that's why he prayed with such intensity. He was about to make a really important decision choosing those apostles. Important decisions should be bathed in prayer. And so Jesus, burdened for the glory of God, prayed. Second, Jesus loved God, and he loved speaking to him. That's why Jesus would pray. We find out when you study the Gospel of Luke, he would pray before the day started, like in Luke 4, or he would pray after the day ended, like in Luke 5 or Matthew 14. 
That's why Jesus would devote an entire day to prayer sometimes, as you see in Luke 9, and sometimes he would devote an entire night to prayer, like you see in Luke 22 or, over in, or here in Luke chapter 6. What you see when you study Christ's life is that what's important is not when he prayed, what's important is that, that he prayed, that he prayed. He prayed because he loved God and he loved talking to him. If God couldn't spend time with God in the morning, he would spend time with God in the evening. If, God didn't, if Jesus didn't have time to pray during the day, he would spend time praying to God at night. Sometimes we get so hung up on when we pray, right? If you're really spiritual, you're having your devotions in the morning. Okay, well, sometimes your kid throws up for seven hours straight. I didn't pray that morning. I, I prayed that evening, right? It was a bad night. Um, you see that with Jesus. Sometimes he experienced intense times in his life. His times of communion with God would change. That wasn't what was important, not the time. What was important is that he did it. He did it anyway. He would find the time to pray. Why? Because he felt deeply this burden for the glory of God and this love for his Father. So at moments of important decisions, we see Jesus' lifestyle of perpetual praying was punctuated by moments of intense periods of prayer. Uh, Luke presents two more uh, examples from Jesus' life of periods of punctuated prayer. Uh, The first is seen in Luke 9.18, if you turn there. Luke 9.18. In Luke 9, Jesus is about to ask his disciples a very important question. You see earlier in verse, uh, between verses 17 and 18 of this chapter, Jesus has just undergone a period of very intense rejection. If you studied John chapter 6, you would learn that because of Jesus' firm teaching of the truth, his ministry shrank between verse 17 and 18 from 30,000 people following him, probably, to only 12. All right? That would bite. That would hurt. And doubtless Jesus felt the sting of that rejection. And out of this mindful praying, two very important questions have arisen that would soon be asked of his small group of remaining disciples. Jesus asked them these questions, who do the crowds say that I am? And then he asks, but who do you say that I am? That's the most important question in the world. This is the question upon which your eternal destiny hangs. Who do you believe Jesus to be? Did Jesus enter into asking that question of someone from a prayerless position? No, he recognized the gravity of what was about to take place in that moment. So Jesus was praying, doubtless for them, that their minds would be open, that God's truth would be revealed to their hearts. Jesus was praying for what God could only do. Before times of important decisions, Jesus punctuated his prayer life. Before times of important questions, Jesus punctuated his prayer life. And finally, I want you to see before times of important teaching, Jesus punctuated his prayer life. Over in Luke 9, 28, Jesus goes into a mountain to pray again. Luke tells us in Luke 9, 28, now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up into the mountain to pray. Now we know from the rest of the Gospels, Jesus was probably praying either throughout the night or very early that morning. And that suspicion is confirmed because if you look later on into verse 32, humorously, 
we find out that Peter, James, and John are all passed out asleep on the ground. <laughs> um, they never really could learn to watch and pray. And by the way, that's why, because they ignored all of those times when they could establish a discipline of prayer, when it came to when they really needed to pray the most, they were not able to do it in the Garden of Gethsemane. They had ignored all the chances to train themselves for godliness, and they paid for it later. They paid for it. Well, in verse 29, it says, And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, meaning it became different. Matthew says that his face shone like the sun. That's pretty different. And his clothing became dazzling white. And you know the story. Peter, James, and John are woken up physically and spiritually, and they are told by God directly out of heaven, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. That's some pretty important teaching. And what do we find Jesus doing beforehand, before his disciples would be taught that truth? You find him once again praying, praying. You see, though Jesus had a lifestyle of perpetual praying, it's because he had a regular practice of praying that was punctuated during moments of important decisions, questions, and teachings. How many times throughout your week is your life punctuated by prayer? Because I guarantee you, there are a lot of decisions you are making throughout the week that have a direct connection to God being glorified through your life and how you're expressing your love towards Him. Your life repeatedly throughout the week ought to be punctuated by moments of prayer. Jesus had a lifestyle of punctuated prayer and so must we. If Jesus as a man could not fence face the intense challenges of this life apart from periods of intense prayer how in the world do you think you can when trials come and you and i become acutely aware of the importance of an event that is set before us we must follow jesus and we must watch and pray we must have a lifestyle of perpetual and punctuated prayer and so that's what i wanted to show you tonight studying the gospels we see jesus praying all the time as we study his lifestyle we see jesus prays before he picks the 12 prays before and after feeding the five thousand. he prays before he asks his disciples an important question he prays on the mountain when he's transformed he prays before he teaches the crowd and he prays when he's done teaching the crowd He prays at Lazarus' tomb, prays when he begins the Lord's Supper, prays in Gethsemane, prays on the cross, prays while he's dying, and prays after he comes back to life. Jesus prays all the time. He prays so much that the greatest desire that was birthed in his disciples' hearts was not for him to teach them how to evangelize or how to teach, but rather how to pray. Jesus knew the importance of prayer, and he shows us that prayer is a necessary discipline for all of God's children. If we are to live a life for the glory of God, it was necessary for Christ, it is necessary for us. This is an example set for us. We are called as his disciples to be followers and imitators of Christ. So if fervent, passionate periods of prayer and time alone in God's presence was necessary for the divine, eternal Son to do His ministry here on earth, how much more is it necessary for us as adopted sons and daughters of God to live lives of passionate, dependent, disciplined prayer as well? 
It's just a reminder from the example of Christ tonight to think that we can do anything in this weak flesh for the glory of God without prayer is foolishness. That is why I pray as a church. Every ministry we involve ourselves in is done beneath the umbrella of prayer. That every ministry that is entered into would be done in prayer. Because unless God builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Jesus' lifestyle is a beautiful example of how we as disciples of Christ ought to be people of perpetual and punctuated prayer for the glory of God. Prayer is a necessary discipline. And so tonight, let's pray. And based on what we've just seen tonight, how Jesus dedicated himself to prayer throughout his ministry, I want you all, as we break up after we go through these uh, prayer requests, I want you all to pray for the upcoming services here at this church, the ministries that are coming up for this week. Add that to your prayer request sheet, that the Lord would bless us as we endeavor to serve him here in this place for his honor and for his glory. Let's pray just like Jesus did.